0: rise and shine everybody happy monday this is episode 187 of the fitness empowerment podcast and today is part two of the long-awaited workaholic series that began in october of 2020 here we go hey there Welcome to the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. Hey everybody, as a continuation of the Hashtag Workaholic Series Part One, today we are focused on action steps that you can take to avoid feeling burnt out once those signs start showing up in your day-to-day life. I figured this would be an appropriate real-life coaching segment for this new year. I actually wrote the notes for this right after I finished part one. So if you haven't listened to part one of this series, go back and listen to it. It aired on October 15th, 2020. So it's a little bit back in the books, but definitely go check it out. I will link to it in the show description below. But this episode will make more sense as they do build off of each other. So um, I personally noticed or had friends or family point out Seven different signs or signals of differences in my behavior that let me know I was on the edge of my body making the decision for me to take a break last year. And you've probably been there before when you're super tired, super stressed, and then all of a sudden you're sick and out of commission for a week or so. Um, This happens to me every couple of years. I feel like I do get better at handling it every couple of years and then it takes longer for the next time to happen. But eventually I wanna be able to keep it from happening. Granted, there are things that happen in life like the 2020 pandemic and they hit us whether we do all the preparation world and work in the world or not. And that's actually what happened to me. I feel like I place a really big emphasis on health and nutrition and workouts and physical activity and all these kinds of things. And I I still tested positive for COVID. So you just never know when it's going to happen to you. You want to do everything that you can to prevent these situations, but sometimes they still hit. So hopefully you have not had COVID, but maybe if you have, you can kind of look at some of the things that you were doing beforehand and adjust them with these action steps to prevent a future sickness, whether it is something that like a virus or something that is just overwork over stress and that puts your body into hey I've just got to kind of collapse so that I can get better to handle life. So here we go with the action steps. So while your situation may be different from mine, and it's probably different from mine, I want you to take the circumstance that you're in and figure out how this information can apply to your life. There may be more or less or different avenues of your life that you can control or plan for compared to mine, so please stick with me. If you aren't a business owner or an entrepreneur, these action steps still apply, I promise. Think about this, maybe you're a nurse, you're working 12-hour shifts at night, or you're a parent with a child or multiple kiddos and they have a ton of extracurriculars. You can make these changes too. It might require more of a family discussion compared to just making a decision on your own and going with it, but in most cases, the actions here require help from others. It's something I'm constantly working on. So without further delay, here are the seven action steps I took over the past really couple of months after noticing the correlating signals that were leading me down the path of burnout. Number one. I had to define my breaking point for my work day and my work week. My calendar was overwhelming me. And when I had it all written down and then put my appointments into a shared Google calendar, my coworkers could see it as well. So when I got to a point of Monday through Friday, 10 to 15 client sessions or appointments per day in my case, um, in a matter of like a 12 to 13 hour period, that was too much for me. Now, you might be able to handle more or less than that. There are amazing people out there like Gary Vee who can just handle 16-hour days. I cannot do it. <laughs> but also, I didn't know what my breaking point was in my current capacity as a one-on-one functional strength coach, personal trainer, nutrition coach until I kind of hit the limit. So I kind of had to go through it first to figure it out. Um... But the signal here was noticing my calendar looked ridiculous and it accompanied some of my other signals. So knowing that I needed to make a change and give myself a no more appointments, non-negotiable each day. So wrapping this one up, just because all of the spaces in a calendar are available does not mean you should fill them. And I currently have a new boundary that I have to work on every day of taking on up to eight clients a day or up to eight time slots a day or no more than 40 slots per week. So it's something I'm working on, but saying it out loud certainly helps to hold me accountable. So I hope you can do the same. Number two, Learning to say no or not right now and being okay with it. I dislike saying no when it's someone I truly feel I can help, so I'm definitely battling with how I can come up with a different option outside of just the one on one coaching, like a partial video lesson with a digital course or partial in person and FaceTime check ins. I still haven't figured it all out, by you know, it, because I like to individually tailor programs for someone. So I haven't figured this out, but I'm working on it. I know it's possible, but I think the next step specifically for my nutrition coaching is creating video lessons for the main 12 to 16 lessons or so, and then having a weekly 15 minute check-in to review questions and macronutrient numbers and goals for the week. So I'm definitely working on putting out a digital course this year, so stay tuned on that if it's something you're interested in. This should also allow me to offer a different price point compared to in-person coaching. And I am happy to say I've brought this option up to a few people so far, and while I don't know exactly what it looks like yet, they are open to that idea of testing it out with me. So I'm excited for that. Moving on, number three is cutting back on the caffeine. I definitely start drinking more caffeine when I'm extra tired and that only seems to increase my feelings of anxiousness so what I've done here is really gone back to almost eliminating my caffeine intake on weekends and instead of grabbing a bang energy drink getting my uncaffeinated ketones seems to give me the energy but not the caffeine so I think the ticket here is having something of equal enjoyment but lesser caffeine to grab when I'm in a stressful moment and just think that I need a drink in hand. I mean, logically, I know that I don't, but you've probably done this too. You're just like, oh, I need something. I need something to fill this habit. I can't move on until I have something in my hand. So there's a couple of coffee drinks I really do enjoy that have less caffeine in them than a bang energy drink. For example, Whole Foods has a couple of coffee beverages. I've seen them at Walmart and Target too, but La Columba mocha flavored nitro coffee has about 170 to 210 milligrams of caffeine in it. And yes, this is still a lot of caffeine compared to the Bang Energy drinks that have, but well, it's a lot, but comparatively it's less. Bang Energy drinks have about 300 milligrams of caffeine per can, so it's definitely a reduction. But also a lower caffeinated drink is Rise Nitro Brewed Oat Milk Mochas. These have 50 milligrams of caffeine per can. So if I can tell I'm more stressed, but I want to have the caffeine, this is a great option for me to stack up on because it's definitely, it gives me the satisfaction of having something, but it doesn't overload my anxiety. So something to consider. Number four, sleep supplements and an evening routine. During weeks of high stress, I can't always make changes in the moment to start getting ready for bed at 7, which is where I would like to be. And, um, you know, I try to take my sleep supplements and get in bed by 8 and then read and then have lights out by 9. It's not always reasonable to do that when I've taken on like an extra work shift, um, just something else a couple weeks in a row and I'm not even getting home until 7. You can't exactly start a sleep time routine at 7 if you're just getting home at 7. It just seems to take time, for me anyway, to wind down. So I bet a lot of you are like that as well. So the options here are either shift the nighttime routine forward an hour or two and go to bed an hour or two later or sometimes find sleep aids to help speed up the wind-down routine to get in bed and get the lights out as close to 9 as possible so that I can get up at 5 the next morning. The sleep routine I like to use includes a ASEA, Redux signaling molecules or my ashwagandha or my Signal OS from Prove It, And then usually some spray melatonin. And I've recently really enjoyed the Vital Proteins collagen shots that have a little bit of melatonin and a little bit of GABA in them, as well as seven grams of collagen, seven grams of protein. So those are really great little, I think it's like a two ounce shot and it's delicious. So those have been helping a lot. I don't have them every night, but a combination of some of those things is part part of my evening routine. So potentially something you want to consider. Now, this has been of continued importance while I've worked through this COVID cold, and I am super grateful that I've had a mild case of COVID, but nonetheless, the fatigue has been real and rather irritating. I have needed 10 to 11 or 12 hours of sleep per night instead of my usual eight. So that is a new normal that I'm working through. I say new normal because I don't know that at the conclusion of my quarantine for me that my body will go right back to only needing eight hours of sleep. I'm kind of thinking that perhaps I'm going to need nine to ten hours for a while longer so I'm tentatively planning ahead for that. Number five, Along with the lowering of the caffeine and saying no with my calendar in order to get home at a decent hour to start that nighttime routine, I've also had to remind myself that 5 a.m. or perhaps 5.30 a.m. even is plenty of time to wake up and make it to the gym or to my first appointment. I don't need to wake up at 4.30, especially when I've not had my full wind-down routine. Frequently, I do arrive at the gym or to my first appointment 30 minutes to an hour early. And I'm starting to realize and continuously remind myself that sometimes that 30 minutes of sleep is going to be way more valuable. So assessing that the night before and just adjusting the alarm for that extra 15, 20, 30 minutes is gonna make a huge difference. At least again, it does for me. Number six, so the boundaries with scheduling for not today and not all by myself. That's number six. When when it came to those stress headaches that I mentioned in the previous episode, those went away after a day and a half of relaxing at home. But I wanna to plan to not have to do that, right? Like I wanna be in control of my relaxation. I don't wanna be forced into it. Also tracking my food and remembering to eat enough carbs. That actually really helps. And sometimes even though I coach on this all the time, I forget that and so when I track I'm like oh my gosh this makes perfect sense I've had no carbs today no wonder I have a headache so the action step here is um, to prevent or the action step to prevent those things is kind of a combination of everything above but it's placing boundaries in order with your calendar if someone wants to schedule a meeting schedule it for a week or two out. They're not gonna expect you to drop everything that you're doing and squeeze them in to your next available 30 minutes. And in fact, that's probably not fair to you or them. If you want to have, or for me, if I wanna have, a really well thought out session with somebody. I need a little bit of prep time. I need to not seem frazzled and they need to not see me in a frazzled state because that doesn't build any confidence in how well I can work with them and get them results that they're looking for. So they, they, they're not gonna expect that. So asking, you know, saying, hey, I don't have anything available in the next 24 hours, but here's where I am available next week. Most people are going to find it very very reasonable that you can meet with them next week. So just something to consider. It's what I'm continuously looking at and considering. Also, um, don't overdo it on that caffeine. Or if you do, know the day that you can back off of the caffeine to bring you back to a normal amount per day for you. So bringing it back to... Understanding that the changes might not be things that you can make in the moment, but planning ahead to make the changes happen in the next couple of days or in the next week. So, this also works um, not just for caffeine, but, you know, for cooking. So, I don't like to do a lot of cooking and creating of meals on my own, So I have to plan to order something like Icon Meals and have the fully prepped meals delivered to the house so that all I have to do is pop them in the microwave because that saves me time. Or something like HelloFresh. I do like to make some home-cooked meals, but not a lot. So I order three meals every other week and all those ingredients get delivered to my house so I don't have to do the grocery shopping for them. So again, we're saving time and planning ahead. Okay. Number seven, look over your calendar with a significant other or with coworkers or friends and plan out the get togethers or the date nights or the nights in with someone else to double check you. Read off what you have going on for a day when someone else suggests, hey, let's go do dinner or let's go do drinks. And by reading through your appointments or a summary of your day, You may decide to move that drink night to the weekend or the next week when you have less things on your schedule and you can keep it that way. Another example of this is by way of discussion. You can help figure out what someone else may be able to take over for you and share some responsibilities that you are taking on. An example here is, Um, At the training ground in Shreveport, Louisiana, we have a group of off-campus high school kids that comes in in the morning or in the afternoon three times a week. And while my schedule is open for all six of these sessions, I shared that one of my days was seeming overwhelming. And I I had a lot of extra appointments booked that day. So we were able to talk through it and find another coach in the gym who could take my place during that session. So now I have that session time to prep for my nutrition clients for the day, um, but not super overwhelm myself. So by raising that discussion point, we found a better solution for everyone. Mm, Big brain right there. (laughs) Okay, overall. Wrapping this up, there is so much that you can do to take control of your schedule and of your life. And I hope that these seven action steps that I am taking can give you ideas for what changes to make and plan for in your life to help avoid burnout. I think the biggest thing here overall is communication, whether that's writing these things out and kind of going through it in your own head or discussing it with somebody else. I think throughout the week, sharing with my husband and my co-workers that I felt like I had a lot going on or I couldn't add one more thing to my plate, let them know A, not to ask me to do anything more than what I had already committed to on the calendar, and B, it, they helped to hold me accountable by reminding me that it was okay to say no to someone or something and not take on the extra appointments until the new year or until a time that it made sense for me. So sometimes talking through the situation with somebody who has a more objective look at your life makes all the difference in the world. So for whatever reason, I continually look for you know permission to do some things that I know I can do. And as much as I know that I am a reminder for my clients that they have the permission to take these action steps on their own, I need that reminder as well. So me sharing this with you is a continual reminder for me that I can put these action steps into place too. So I hope you find that helpful and that this is the reminder you need to think ahead and be able to take these action steps before you hit that burnout, before that burnout gets to you. So that's going to wrap things up for today. I'm sorry this episode took so long to put together, but it is here now and you have part one and part two. So again, if this is if you've listened to part two and not part one, go, go take a listen so that all of this makes sense. You need to look for those signs before the burnout actually hits. So I'll put those links in the show description below. And if you have not yet signed up for my email newsletter and you want these podcast episodes sent direct to your email inbox, the link for that will be in the show description as well. Have a wonderful rest of the day and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. I love that you set aside a few minutes to focus on you today. If you could take one moment to share this episode with someone you know would benefit from today's message, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be incredibly grateful. Now, if you want more, head to the link in our show description to join our email list and receive weekly fitness and nutrition tips, tricks and thoughts to empower your day. Until next time, be empowered to take that next step on your fitness journey. Bye for now.